Welcome to Ex Libris On Air and the stories behind the stories of today's literature and their authors. Greetings for Ex Libris On Air. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book title is Songs from the Heart. And joining me from the Carolinas is the author of this book, Songs from the Heart, Anne Howell Davis. Welcome, Anne, to the program. Thank you for having me, Jay. This is a, a book that is uh, one of poetry as opposed to uh, other forms of communication. Uh, how long have you uh, been an author, or, or what is the background of, of your history that that uh, puts this into print? Well, my, I've wrote my first poem when I was 13 years old. And from that point until... Very recently, I wrote sporadically, just as I was inspired to write. And very quickly, my poems became more spiritual or or religious or Christian, is I guess the appropriate term, in nature. Um, But something happened around last November where now, every morning when I get up, I write at least one poem, and sometimes six a day. Wow. So now I have quite quite a collection. I have published three books now in since since early January. That's a that's an amazing accomplishment. A lot of my authors that I interview have uh, maybe spent a lifetime uh, maybe trying to write a book and it might be 18 19 years in in uh, in the transmission before it's actually published. You say you've been writing all of your life. Uh, did anything else get published individually prior to this? Oh, a haiku in high school and uh, I've published professional articles, um, curricula, for my when I was in my career before I retired. I was a in the substance abuse field, and my primary focus was training counselors and supervisors to do their jobs. And so I wrote a lot in relation to that. But my personal writing or my uh, poetry uh, has been more in the last. A couple of years. Your book is 114 pages in length, uh, and your style, how would you describe it? Is it uh, prose-style poetry, or is it uh, rhyming poetry? I I am curious it's about rhyming. that. It's rhyming. It is rhyming. Yes, it's definitely rhyming. And and the irony is I never have liked rhyming poetry. <laughs> that is an irony. <laughs> and you say this is <laughs> no. a... Yeah, you say it's full of spiritual things. You think you are being forced to do something you didn't like. I'm just curious. <laughs> Not necessarily forced to do something I, I don't like, but the way I, I mean, the way I'm inspired to write, this is the style. It's it's usually four verses, sometimes up to six, but the same four lines and the same right rhyming pattern. Always. Yes, this uh, also brings up a curious question, or a question of curiosity from my standpoint. I attend churches that have, or have attended churches that have a lot of the contemporary music format. Uh, they take right. words and things that don't rhyme and uh, put them into music. Has anyone approached you about maybe uh, putting melody to any of your uh, poetry? That happened years and years ago, but only once I I had written quite a few poems in a sequence 
and a lady that I worked with was a musician at night. She was a therapist by day, but musician at night. And so she took some of the songs I wrote then and put them to music. Since that time, I have had friends in my church who say, boy, we really need to get this to the worship team Hmm. and let them try to do something with it. But that hasn't happened yet. Well, you need to get on their case. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe they. Well, need... I just don't try to make things happen. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I, no, everything I has its time, and so it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. Well, I was, I was just, I was just being facetious to some degree. Now, I notice at the end of each of your poems, you have a scripture reference. So again, this again goes back to a, a spiritual journey to some degree. Uh, what could you share right. maybe a poem or two with my listening audience so they can get a, a, a feel for how your emotions come out in poetry form? Okay, I'll I'll read. This is my favorite one, I think, out of all the ones in the first book, Songs from the Heart. And it's entitled Dime. It was a rainy Christmas Eve. I felt a child tug at my sleeve. Lady, can you spare a dime? I need it for a friend of mine. A dime, I smiled. What on earth for? Surely your friend, friend needs a little more. A tear rolled down a dirt-stained cheek and a voice so mild and meek, she whispered low and said, so faint, it's really for my patron saint. I thought if I could give a bit, she might hear me and see fit to help the ones I'm praying for. Those with so much less need more. I gave her coins that I easily found lying amidst the general mount, generous mounds of things I thought I really needed. It was then that I could see that all I had was less and worse than this child whose fated birth placed her low in man's esteem, but that had failed to steal her dream, that she could see some wrong or right on that rainy Christmas night. Wow. Well, I, I can I can understand why you would think that's a, a meaningful a story that you have uh, placed in poetic form the the poetry itself uh, you've uh, you obviously had an audience i guess uh, in beginning to write this and from your statement of being a faith based person would you say this is uh, going to appeal to mostly uh, church folks or how would you describe this anybody seeking a relation a more personal relationship with God and in in my my life that's Jesus uh, that would find this meaningful. Uh, what I hear from people is that these words move them in a way that makes them feel closer, helps them deal with emotional issues. Sometimes find encouragement. Um, used many people have used this book as a gift to those who are going through times of struggle or hmm. heartbreak or loss that's that's a a wonderful gift in its uh, own self and has merit you uh have uh, have put your heart and soul into this book and uh, it has led to other books as well are they all poetry at this point yes they are it's a series they are uh the first one of course is songs from the heart the second one is poems from the heart and then the third one is hope from the heart. So it's it's a series. Beautiful. The the oh, from the heart books. 
Excellent. And now the, the, the poetry that you have uh, have shared with us, at least at the moment, uh, anyone could read that and be touched and uh, maybe motivated to better gifting of, uh, of time and uh, maybe resources to those that are in need. The book itself may also appeal to, would you say, those that are called seekers, perhaps? Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Well, Someone well, who's trying to understand or or build a relationship that definitely would be a population that should benefit from reading this book. Well, share another book. Yeah, share another another story from me or another poem from your book. I I, I believe that uh, this will give the listener uh, a best overview of of how you have approached the different subject materials that are found in its pages. Okay. Okay, I'm just pulling pages. This one is entitled, In This Season. Hmm. In this season you have blessed me. I have seen your mighty hand. In this season you have caressed me. I have flourished in your land. Other seasons come to mind when things were not so dear. Even then, amidst the pain, your promises were near. It's easy in the sweet times to rest amidst the glow and shimmer in the warm light of your ever-present flow. But even in the hard times, when I recall the drought, there were blessings in the struggles. There was hope amidst the doubt. From all this, the lesson, as I seek for rhyme and reason, God is faithful in all times, no matter what the season. Oh, beautifully. That, that again, is a uh, certainly a word of encouragement for anyone who's having a difficult time in life or in the moment, whether it's sickness or family issues, uh, that would certainly inspire them to maybe uh, give their cares over to the Lord in the parlance of, of, of Christian uh, education and Christian understanding. You have um, provided a, a backdrop of 114 pages or so uh, of these poems. Um, what's the one thing you want people to take away from your writing? That there is a loving God that they can have a personal relationship with. It's just a matter of seeking him out and 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 devoting time and energy and understanding and developing that relationship. Were there any challenges that you didn't foresee in beginning the process of uh, getting a book published that you had to overcome? <laughs> well, no, it's very interesting. I I've work with a group of older ladies in my church and we were meeting at my house and one of them just a closer friend in the group said why don't you read some of your poetry so I did and so that group of ladies about 22 ladies were here said you can't just keep that to yourself you've got to share it the next day I contacted ex libras and a month later on my birthday when I was 72 years old I had the first copy of that book in my hand. Incredible. So no, there were no problems. <laughs> that in itself is a miracle, I would think. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. This is beautiful yeah. and it, it it in the back of on the back of your book it it states that uh, there's been a consistent flow of uh, poetry. You mentioned you try to write every single day is that ever become a uh, uh, I don't know, a, a task or a boring uh, activity for you? No, it's what what 
I get up for in the morning. That and my cup of coffee. Well, beautiful. This is, again, a, day. an inspirational book for sure, and one that would appeal to people of faith or people who are seeking or people who just need encouragement because the uh, words that you pen are certainly in that uh, vernacular. They are very much an encouragement. The title of this book is Songs from the Heart. My guest author is Anne Howell, H-O-W-L-E, Davis, D-A-V-I-S. And how do my listeners get copies of this? Well, all three books are on Amazon. They can be purchased through Ex Libris, the first two. And uh, my website is fromtheheartbooks.com. Excellent. Absolutely great. And we look forward to uh, visiting with you in the future. It sounds like there's an unending flow that's about to take place. <laughs> you continue right. to share those inspirational moments and uh, your faith in words and in rhythmic form. Thank you again for sharing your time with me today. Oh, I was pleased to do it. Thank you. My pleasure for Ex Libris on Air. This is Jay Douglas Barker. Ex Libris returns after these short messages. Congratulations on getting your book published. The effort you put into your work is truly commendable. But what's next? What will happen to all the knowledge you have worked so hard to acquire to produce your book? Here at Toginet Radio, we can provide you a platform to keep your knowledge working for you through the power of podcasts. The subjects our podcast cover are as varied as the grains of sand on a beach. From life coaching, to military resources, to business success, even to the paranormal. We have a place for everyone. To get started on your next step, call Scott at 903-787-5880 or email him at scott at toginetradio.com. That's S-C-O-T-T at T-O-G-I-N-E-T-R-A-D-I-O dot com. Welcome back to Ex Libris. Greetings for Ex Libris on Air. This is J. Douglas Barker. The title of the book is We Are Wackadoodles. Welcome to the Blended Family. And joining me is the author, T.A. Duggan. Welcome to the program. Thank you. This is an interesting title. Uh, first of all, uh, the, uh, the, the, the term or the word wackadoodles, where did that come from? And uh, why is it in the title? I thought it was catchy. And I thought it would be cute at the same time. But the content of the book is not really wackadoodle. It's uh-huh. very serious. And I just thought, let me have something that's catchy and we'll, we'll make them want to pick, at least want to pick up the book and look at it. Absolutely. It's a, it's a very colorful cover, if I may describe it that way. And uh, you use the word cute. I think it's uh, definitely that as well. It appears that it's written for children primarily. You have 28 pages. Would that be the right way to describe this book? Yes, as a matter of fact, it's, it is for children, but parents as well, because I believe that when parents are sitting down to read a book with their child, they understand the content, of course, 
but they can explain it more clearly as to what the topics are of each book, because this is just the first book. The next book coming out uh, will deal with bullying without actually using the word bullying. So it's a serious content but in a format that parents can relate it to their children as well. Your background is that of uh, in the medical profession as a nurse, if I understand uh, your resume correctly. Uh, as an author, when did the idea come that um, perhaps I want to you know, jump into that field as well and share my, my thoughts and my, my, uh, my hopes for uh, younger people? Well, as a nurse, I um, did deal with lots of children as well. And it came to me that children often are sheltered from truthful situations. Now, I understand that we want to be truthful with our children, but we also want them to have it on their level. So my goal is to write to children about serious things in life that they may come across, but maybe parents shelter them a little bit too much. Mm. And just give them more ideas as to how to perhaps um, look at a topic more closely and be maybe just a little more honest to the children about that topic. Does well, that make sense? Absolutely. That, that's a, a wonderful desire to, to uh, achieve and a wonderful uh, plan in not only this book, but what you plan to do in the future. Your opening line says this, we are C.C. and J.J. Wackadoodle. We have a wonderful blended family and live on Flower Street in Wonder World. Obviously, from there, it is imaginative uh, discourse and sharing of a story. Any of this uh, based in reality? Uh, you have a number of children in this Wackadoodle family. Where did they come from, and, and uh, are you drawing from, from real life at, uh, at any point? This actually is very much real life. It, um, most of the children are um, indeed in my life. There's just a couple of the adopted children that um, have been created for the book. And how long did it take you to complete this? The writing part obviously is uh, maybe a little faster than the, the uh, illustrations. How long did it take to complete? Well, it took me um, months and months of months of thinking about it. I didn't put pen to paper or type on the computer in, until I was ready with full thoughts of each, of each subject matter. So with the children, that was easy because they really do exist in my life. And when I did finally sit down to the computer to start typing, I had taken notes along the way. If I thought of something while I was at the supermarket, I would take out my little piece of paper and jot down my thoughts. And to say, okay, this will be good. I don't want to forget this. Mm-hmm. And then I would put it all together. So altogether, I would say um, um, it took me a good 10, 12 months to actually get it to a point where it's just a draft. And how about, and then, yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. And then to complete it, uh, probably, uh, let's just say 14, 15 months. Then I felt, I felt good about the subject matter and introducing, because this one was, you know, fairly simple about just introducing who we are and yes. how we live our just basic day-to-day lives. And then the future books will be about our adventures and, you know, we're going to go down the path of volunteer work and, you know, what our veterans mean to us in the world mm. and how they protected our country and that. So we're going to discuss very serious topics, but on a children's level. Have you always been a creative? Uh, have you always been a writer? Do you keep journals? What is the process that you're drawing upon? Just over the years of being a nurse, knowing um, you know, just the experiences that I had with children and adults, 
you know, you see children come in and visit their loved ones in the hospital in the mm. ICU, or you see the children that the children that are in the hospital and how um, how people talk to them about what's going on with their illness. And it just I just thought about it over the years, and I wasn't able to really act upon it until just very recently because my career was just so so busy. But since I've taken a little turn in my career, I thought this is a very good time to at least initiate the process of writing. Were there any unexpected challenges? Uh, the illustrations usually are difficult, but uh, yours certainly look wonderful. How, how, how did that process uh, develop? Oh, gosh. It was, to tell you the truth, the, um, the initial pictures, um, I, I did get most of them online um, and go from there hmm. because I knew what I wanted. I did take pictures of all the children, I um, send it to the illustrator, but there's a struggle in making them look similar to the children. So we, for the second book, the children will maybe look a little bit different, more realistic to who they really are. Um, but we're, 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 we're getting there. It's just been um, a process. The uh, general theme, of course, is about a blended family. Uh, is there anything else in the marketplace that uh, approaches the subject the way yours uh, particularly uh, approaches it? Do you think it's unique? I think it's a little bit unique in the fact that it's not um, it's based on real life and and real subject matters. It's I think in other books, I did do a lot of research. I went to the bookstores and sat in the children's section in the, in the little areas where they sit and read. And I just looked at a bunch of books. And I realized that, yes, there are lots of books that, that deal with um, maybe the untraditional family that people may think of in real life. But I don't think anybody really went down the road of um, everyday lifestyle. Like, you know, we have chores. We're children, but we have chores. Hmm. We work together. We help each other. We help each other with homework. If someone gets behind in their chores and somebody else will help jump in and, and help with that. You ha- and When you have a big family like this, you have to really be a team and work together cohesively. Absolutely. So that's what we that's what we try to stress. And everybody has their own unique personalities and um, their struggles, especially the adopted children that have come from other countries. They um, are not only getting used to just being in this country, but speaking the language. So it's, it's a process. And we, we try, you know, we welcome them with open arms and we want them to feel welcome because they were abandoned as children in their um, in their countries that mm. they um, were born. And the children, uh, one I'm noticing is from Croatia. Uh, that is a, uh, a country or an area of uh, Europe that's not well known. It's becoming more highla- highlighted in travel and so on. Is, is this dealing, is Chandy actually a, uh, a real child? Is this a real story uh, related to Croatia? This is, except for, um, I changed the name, of course. Mm-hmm. This adopted child is um, part of a dear friend of mine's family. And so I went on that history. Um, that's why I said that most of the children are, they are real in my life, but not all of them are um, in, in my direct family. Right. The three words that you would use to describe this, if you were to introduce this to someone who maybe knows about blended families or maybe is not involved in one but should get a copy of the book. How would you describe this so that they would uh, express an interest or find an interest or maybe do some research and and get a hold of a copy? Well, I would say that this book is real, um, interesting, 
and fun. The, the illustrations and the wording of your book are very colorful, beautifully done. The title, again, is, is unique. Uh, we are the Wackadoodles, and the Wackadoodles, of course, in your narrative, are a family, and that is their family name. We are the Wackadoodles. Welcome to our blended family. Uh, uh, Tracy, where can my listeners get a copy of your book? Well, they can get a copy on Amazon, of course, and I'm going um, to be um, doing a book signing in Miami in November, and then it will also be in several bookstores. I'm just not positive on the time frame. I have to speak to my representative, uh, my marketing representative at Ex Libris to see when exactly it will be in certain bookstores. Excellent. But it's already on Amazon. They can also do a search online under We Are The Wackadoodles and located there or under the author name T initial, A initial, Duggan, D-U-G-G-A-N. They'll find this book and also it sounds like uh, perhaps the next book in the series is uh, soon to be released. Is that a possibility? Yes, it is. We're working on the illustrations right now, but the content has been written and it addresses um, how to deal with um, people, whether it's in school or at the park or even simply at the supermarket, if someone is not nice to you in a way that seems threatening, but you don't know really what to do. So we address that, and ours takes place in a park setting, and we get resolution with the three boys that are not being so nice to our boys that are playing football. So it's an interesting story because I don't want to use the word bullying. Hmm. Um, Even though it's a super important word, I think it might be overused in such a negative context, which it is. But I I want people to, to take note of the situation and not necessarily just focus on the word. It, it, it means so much more than just being a bully. There's so much more to it that I want people to just just read the book and realize that, yes, it was a bullying situation, but we didn't use the word. We figured out how to resolve it, and now those three boys um, could potentially uh, be friendly to other people. Well, thank you for sharing your story. And again, this is a um, an artistic uh, development piece and a series that you are uh, involved in, and it sounds like there's a passion behind it as well. You want to educate the reader and the grandparents and the parents and everyone else who might get in introduced to your book. Uh, thank you for sharing your story today. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. My pleasure for Ex Libris On Air. This is Jay Douglas Barker. Ex Libris returns after these short messages. Only once every few years does a show come along that makes you think, makes you care, makes you believe the impossible. A show featuring only the best in writing, acting, and directing. Until that show comes along, we suggest Paranoria, Texas. Thrilled to the adventures of six super-powered nerds on a never-ending quest to take over the world and to complete their collection of She-Hulk comics. Paranoria, Texas, Monday nights at 8 p.m. Central on AstronetRadio.com. Welcome back to Ex Libris.
Greetings for Rex Liebers on air. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book title is Good Guy Gone Bad, Book Two. Can't get it right. And joining me is the author, Lagantra Outen. Thank you, sir, for joining me today. You're welcome. How you doing? Doing great. This is uh, an intriguing cover, if I may uh, use my my uh, male intellect here and look at the cover. You got some uh, very attractive ladies on the front and some guys. Uh, other than the dress, you might think it was a wedding party. Uh, the good guy gone bad. It says book two. This is a follow up then to another book you've written. Yes, um, I, uh, got part one, and um, it's going to be a trilogy. I'm working on part three as we speak. Fantastic. Now, have you always had a desire to be an author? I mean, is this something that you aspire to be, or are you just driven by creativity? Um, I believe uh, my sister, uh, may she rest in peace, before she passed away, she had started uh, writing um, a book. And I never got a chance to read it because I was so young. She was much older than me. And um, I, from there, and and want to continue something that she started. So is this a, a, a sort of an offshoot of, of the uh, outline that she had created? No, because I never got a chance to read her, um, gotcha. her material. And somehow, some way, through the years, it, it, it got lost. Mm. What I remember as the youngster, you know, looking at um, her, her, her written work, which she had typed. Yes. And knowing that what she wanted to do. And, you know, it just, that inspired me right there. My sister, maybe she rest in peace, inspired me. And along with my creativity, you know, I just went ahead and... Um, and, and wrote this book. Fabulous. Now, you, it says in the notes that uh, perhaps you have done some rap and poetry as a part of that outlet and that creativity gene as well. Is that uh, correct? Yes, that's correct. But I knew I wasn't going to be a, a rap star because I didn't have the, uh, the, the heart to get on stage. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. But I had, you know, yeah. I had pretty good rhymes, but I just had the heart to get on stage and perform. Now, now your main character in this, is it Lagant? Is that the right way to pronounce uh, your main character? Is he the same guy that, or, yes, or individual? Legant. Yes, Lagant. Was he the same character that was in your first novel? Yes. And your your title talks about a good guy. Uh, is he considered a good guy from your perspective and how you wrote this book? Or is he a bad guy? How would you describe him to my audience? Well, um, <clears throat> he was young and naive. So he was um, mainly good because he was brought up good with good uh, morals and uh, qualities of living, qualities of life. Um, by his mother, he had a single parent. So he tried to do good by her, and he joined the service, and that's where he met what he thought was the woman of his his life, his dreams. Mm. But going through the situations that she put him through turned him to be a bad guy. Now, it, it, is your book uh, w what I would describe as character-driven, or is there a lot of action also in here, or, or maybe even uh, some, I will say the word violence, but is it is it also a tough book from that perspective? 
Yes, it become um, um, a little violent. Um, it's it's a love story. It's uh, sad. It's uh, violent mayhem. It's drama. It's got a lot of um, action. It's, you know, it's uh, it's uh, well reversed. Yeah, you when you wrote this, a lot of writers will sit down and and do an outline. They'll say, now in chapter one, I wanted to do this. Chapter four, I wanted to do this, and uh, for a conclusion, I wanted to uh, to conclude this way. Is that how you approach writing, or is it more the creative uh, inspiration of the moment? You just sit down and start writing and let the story take you wherever it goes. Yeah, but that's part of it too. I, I did write and let the story take me wherever it goes, and um, real life stories, parts of real life stories that um, been switched around, you know, um, names changed and stuff like that. Right. But mainly, um, my imagination and the pen to the paper, and just going with the flow of the characters. Would you describe this book if you were if you were to describe the uh, the ideal audience for this? Uh, and again, from looking at the cover, I'm thinking there are probably a lot of young teenage guys that would like to read this book. But is it suitable for them? It's suitable for them because um, there's a lot to learn from it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, becoming coming from a good guy to a bad guy, and the reasons over relationships, and coming from. Uh, uh, a, a ghetto neighborhood that you don't have to really be that, be like that. You can still stand firm and strong in your position. Beautiful. And um, yeah, they can learn. Younger younger people can learn from it. Um, older people can recognize. Well, that sounds like a, a, a wonderful aspiration to uh, to have a uh, an underlying theme or moral story to encourage the reader. What is the aspect of your of your book? The underlying theme you mentioned was a, a sort of a love story. Does that override the action and and other elements of your story, or is that the primary uh, theme of what you've done? Uh, that's a good question. Um, it really don't override it, but it was the primary theme of it. But uh, as as you read and continue to read part, you know, get further in the read, and you see, you ask yourself the question: What love has to do with different situations? Right. Because you know. Uh, this, the young the young lad Leggett is he's he's moving through life. He's been hurt by his his first love, his 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 first baby mother, someone he wanted to marry, and he thinks that all women is almost the same. So he becomes promiscuous. He just you know having different women in his life, and none of them seems to be right. He can't get it right. So you know it's, it's the love is. He still searched for love, but in the search of love, there's so much that comes with it because they might have a different man or their brother might be looking at him as sideways, like, who is this person you're dealing with? Mm. And he goes through different situations and with different women. Gotcha. And it's like, he just can't get it right. I- in search of love. 
Well, since you, you have written lyrics before, that, this sounds like a, a love song or a song could be written. Uh, what's love got to do with it? Secondhand emotion, something like that. <laughs> oh, I think that's been already done, though. Yeah. yeah now, you, <laughs> do you have second? You have secondary, uh, secondary people or or uh, characters in this novel. Uh, how do they fit in? Are they uh, good support for your main character, or are they the ones that are trying to tear them apart? Well, um, he looked at them as good support, but in the long run, um, they really not good for him, and they take him down a different avenue of uh, drug dealing, uh, robbery, and stuff like that. So it was that it it was he. It was a support in in that way, but it's down the wrong road. Right, right. The uh, the book is uh, second in the trilogy. If I am a new reader to your genre of uh, of writing, if I pick up book two, am I going to uh, understand the characters and enjoy the read uh, without having read uh, book one? Yes, that happened already. Because I've been hand-in-hand and selling some of my books, and some people uh, just want to read book two. Uh-huh. want to start with book two. And they they understand the way I've written it is, like, I, I picked up from book one, but not, not direct. So it's like a, it's a continuation, but it's also a beginning. Hmm. So, if you can understand what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. So it's you know, so it, like if sure. they Yeah. It's if, a, it, if if they read book two, they gonna understand book two, they're gonna want book one, and they're gonna want book three. Right. Well that that's a that's a, a wonderful gift to be able to uh, be a storyteller that engages the reader regardless of where they start on the journey with your character. You uh, say it's a trilogy. Uh, are you in the process of completing number three at this moment, or is that still something on the burner for later? Um, I'm doing it as we speak now. Ah, I thought we were interviewing. I'm doing no, it as I'm, we speak I, now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, oh, I'm well. teasing. Well, not as we speak, but well, yeah, you know. I, no, I know. I, I'm just, I'm just giving you a hard time. I'm, I'm trying to have a little fun with you. That's, that's great. Now, you're, you're in a, are you in a, an urban area yourself? Are you drawing from those experiences and those uh, things you've observed there, or is this total imagination? No, I'm, I am um, observing and pulling information from the urban lifestyle that um, I know of and um, the service lifestyle that I know of, you know, um, <clears throat> so I'm well versatile and, and different lifestyles. And that's what makes it real interesting because, you know, he meets uh, he meets uh, doctors, he meets different types of women, and, you know, he brings his lifestyle to them and they get attracted to his lifestyle, but something always goes wrong. Absolutely. So, that, yeah. Have you, have you had any uh, possible interest in doing a uh, maybe a movie or a series uh, uh, related to the characters? Is that something that maybe you would entertain in the future? 
Yes, in the future, um, people have been um, asking me to uh, do movies and stuff now, but I want to have all three of the books completed. I want to have the trilogy completed, and then we could talk about movies because I want to go on and um, do other, you know, I want to do some horror movies. I want to really search my soul in writing. I want to do different types of uh, writings. Well, it's commendable that you have pursued your dream and have accomplished this much uh, so so far. The title of this book, again, is Good Guy Gone Bad, book two. Subtitle can't get it right. That sounds familiar with a lot of uh, people's uh, journeys in life. And my guest author, Lagantra yeah. Outen, uh, that's spelled L-A-G-A-N-T-R-A-O-U-T-E-N. Lagantra, where can we get copies of your book? Uh, well, they um, they published by Zibris. Uh, they had a website there. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Legant Alton. Um, you can find me. You can Google it. You can Google it. Also, Google it by title, and they will um, direct you. Absolutely great. I think probably Amazon, their local bookseller, can order it or Amazon can find it there. Okay. Yes, yes. Can, they can order it in their local bookseller by, by the name of the book, Good Guy Gone Bad. Uh, that should be easy to remember. Again, this is book two. So book right. one is out there. If they do a search under your name, L-A-G-A-N-T-R-A, and last name O-U-T-E-N, they can locate not only this book, yeah. but the one that's coming out in the future. And um, my wish is that uh, you have great success as a writer. And uh, thank you again for sharing your creativity and your background story. Thank you. My pleasure. For, it. for Rex Liebers on Air, this is Jay Douglas Barker. Mm-hmm.